Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to episode 229 of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited that you join us today. We just closed the door to my first online course, Bedroom Fizzle to Sizzle. It's a four-week program. We have a coaching component and I am super, super excited about this cohort. (laughs) I created the course initially having like everyday couple in mind, people that I see in my practice. And so what happened is about half of the people who showed up and signed up for the class are fellow therapists. So they're colleagues and they want to work on their relationship and their marriage. So I already had this plan of making it awesome, but now that colleagues are taking it, I have to make it extra juicy and exciting. So thank you so much for trusting me. If you got the course, I cannot wait to see you during our coaching calls. If you haven't purchased a course, I'm considering reopening it in six to eight months, depending on my energy level, because again, I, I want to make sure I'm giving this my all. In this week, we're going to welcome back Alicia and Erwan Devon. They were our guests a few episodes ago. In the previous episode with them, we talk about extended orgasms, which many of you guys love. I think that episode was one of the most popular episode we had. Even in social gathering, when people talk about my show, they always have a question or comment about that episode. So I thought it would be wonderful to welcome welcome them back. This week, we're going to talk about how you can create a relationship outside the bedroom that allows for sexual spark to happen. Because most people, when the right context is there, they're able to connect sexually. But I think one of the most important part of making sex exciting is to make sure that you're you're doing all the right things outside the bedroom. So they're here to teach us how. If you haven't listened to the previous episode on extended orgasms, you can find the link in the show notes. Definitely encourage you to check it out. For over 25 years, Irvan, who was joined by Alicia in 2003, have been working successfully with singles and couples teaching their signature process, the Devon Method, to hundreds of students in groups, retreats, and individual sessions, and helping them create the relationship of their dreams. Ervan and Alicia have a unique approach to relationship coaching that combines their educational background in psychology and aspect of Zen Buddhism to provide a holistic method to effectively improve connection with self and others. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Alicia and Ervan Devan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am honored and excited to welcome back Alicia and Erwan Devon on the show. Alicia and Erwan, welcome to our show. Great to be here. Great to see you again. You know, yeah, I feel excited. like we're family now. <laughs> <laughs> we're very our... close. Yes, definitely. Even over Zoom. 
<laughs> yes, yes. So as for our listeners that this is the, they recently started listening to the show. I had Alicia and Irvon on, on our episode that we had a few months ago. We talked about extended massive orgasm. People loved it. And you guys generously offered, offered to give me a class experience, how you guys facilitate the class. That was mind blowing. And here we are again. I want to have, have you guys on the show on a monthly basis. <laughs> that sounds fun. Well, last time we talked about kind of like an extended massive orgasm. We talked about the teaching that you have around that, which is very impressive and interesting. For our listeners that are curious about that previous episode, they can find the link in the show notes. What I was thinking we can focus on today more about how we can kind of cultivate sexual spark in our relationship, especially in a long-term relationship. When I met you guys initially from the kind of interaction I had with you guys, I thought you guys met like a couple years ago or like six months ago. <laughs> That's why things are so exciting. But then uh, you shared the video of like different programs that you have. And one of the videos you talked about you guys being together for two decades. And that's very interesting. And that's not the energy I got. So tell us how, how can we cultivate sexual energy in our relationship? As you were talking about that, Dr. Mwali, the thought I had was flirting. You know, Alicia is masterful uh, at flirting. And, you know, we, we don't just jump right into extended orgasm, right? You know, there's the other you know, uh, 50% of our day. That's a joke. The other 90%. <laughs> I mean, like if my husband was 50% of time, he, he was giving me extended orgasm. He could do whatever I want to do. <laughs> uh-huh. yes. The other eight hours. <laughs> so, you know, flirting, if, if I were to define flirting, I would say my, micro gestures of attraction. And micro gestures is the key part. And Alicia is really, really good at this. And it's something Something that if a couple stays in that mode, you know, a little, you know, like I open a door for Alicia or I put my hand behind her back as she walks through the door and there's a little caress in her lower back or something like that. Or, you know, Alicia's doing it right now. She's giving me the eyes, know, you know, and I, it just, I, I feel it through all the way to my toes, right? So it's, it's not something that, you know, it, we wouldn't expect to just be masterful or tennis or yoga without being deliberate about that. And, you know, people can be deliberate about flirting and going out to dinner and having a good time and spending time with their partner and having enough time to do that. And, you know, th- those little risks of vulnerability to not only make contact with the other person, but make contact in a romantic way. Right. Yeah. There's a funny thing that happens with couples, especially as they've been together for a really long time where the attention goes to other places. The attention goes to work or logistics around the house or kids or whatever. And then sometimes couples even find they kind of forget to to flirt and, and treat the person like their romantic partner. So having the habit of flirting with your partner in just little ways, like Erwan was talking, like a glance I might give him or a compliment on his shirt. I just told him he got this new, um, you know, that gray with the stripes to shirt you got that sweater like a sweater oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him he got the cutest oh my god and it came in the mail and from g-star and he tried it on and I'm like baby I'm like that is your get out of jail free card if, if I'm ever mad at you just put that on and everything will be okay 
<laughs> noticing these things, complimenting, flirting, sending that energy. Once you're in the hang of it, it's it's not hard to have that buzz. I agree with you that people in a long-term relationship, sometimes attention gets kind of like sex become deprioritized, a relationship become deprioritized and attention goes to other places like children, like work. There's nothing wrong with that. But then they also think about why our relationship is not exciting anymore. They're not paying attention. They're not kind of depositing money to their relationship bank. And at times then they wonder why I'm not excited about sex with my partner. I know in one of those teaching that you guys had, you were talking about feminine and masculine energy and its play. Tell us more about that. You know, something interesting is happening because right before you said that, that's exactly where my mind went. Just like before, I think mm-hmm. Dr. Mowally is, is, is we're, we're in some kind yeah. of minded melt, mind meld kind of synergy. It's great. Yes. Uh, it re- masculine feminine dynamics are absolutely essential for what we were just talking about, whether it's a woman and a man or two women, two men, you do need that kind of polarized energy, that difference. Now, Alicia brings that spark and that energy, that flirtation. But, you know, as a masculine person in a relationship, I bring something also kind of a, all right, we're going to, we're going to do our sensuality practices daily. We're going to have some time carved out for that. So the feminine is typically better at knowing what in the world is going on and, you know, kind of seeing what's actually happening and what would be fun. So we call that goal selection. Right now, the masculine is often better at how to manifest something, how to make it real in time and space. So those are very different skill sets that when combined together, especially with a target or a focus or a goal, right, her goal really of romance, you know, that, you know, then it's a dynamite connection. If there wasn't a structure, it wouldn't really happen. And if there wasn't the, Hey, I want this, you know, let's do this. It's going to be fun. Here's why (laughs) blast of energy, you know, then there'd be no game to begin with. Well, this is really interesting because right before we signed on to talk to you, this was happening, right? Like I come into the kitchen, Erwan's making his green tea. I was grabbing my kombucha and I'm like, do you want to go on vacation? Wouldn't that be so fun? And, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, like relax and get some kind of cabin on the water. And I'm like painting this whole picture. And everyone's like, that sounds great. Now, here's the things that we would need to think about in order to make this happen. And he's bringing up all these very real things like what's going to happen with our son and how are we going to do this and when. And it's such a great combination because now I know if we decide to go ahead with this, like it will actually happen. And I've inspired it. And she owns that space. You know, Alicia is really comfortable with her appetite and what she wants. She really owns that space. And, you know, I'm intelligent. I don't know how to do that. I'm intelligent enough. Like, I'm really intelligent. I'm like so smart. I'm, I'm actually brilliant. Dr. But let's just say I'm intelligent enough to know that what she wants is where the fun is at. Mm-hmm. Like trusting your partner. I think like letting them to occupy the space and being able to follow and also being a follower. You know, what's very interesting is at times I see women are in a heterosexual dynamic. 
women tend to be more comfortable with their role of kind of their feminine energy. I think in more modern families, sometimes I see that male feel more conflicted about kind of that the kind of masculine energy that they they have. And I think especially in sexual dynamic, that can be co- complicated because I think people feel like, you know, I want someone that kind of like have that male energy, but my partner is is not having it outside the bedroom, which is might be okay. But inside the bedroom, it's really problematic for us. That's right. I mean, there really is a crisis of masculinity uh, these days, you know, and, and as a doctor, I'm sure you're aware testosterone levels for males have dropped dramatically over the last 50 years or so. You might know the percentage better than I do, but I think it's upwards of 30 percent. Some some estimates are 50 percent. I mean, that's crazy. You know, if the primary male hormone is dropping that rapidly and then there's also all of the sort of cultural stuff. Right. You know, there's all the politically correct stuff that's kind of anti-masculine and often anti-feminine. I'm not saying we need to go back to the stereo rigid stereotypes of, you know, 100 years ago. That's another nightmare. But there really is a crisis of masculinity. It's kind of dangerous nowadays to be a masculine person. I agree. And I think like what we're talking about is just like having a psychological flexibility and being able to tap into part of you that's uh, that comes natural to you in an insightful and relational way. Because the way that you guys are talking about the dynamic of relationship, it doesn't seem like it's power over you, right? It's just like we are this complementary energy, which is beautiful. How can we, for people that are not sure about their energy, if they're masculine, feminine, how can they discover that? This is a really good question. And we address this a lot in all of our classes because it's just such a big topic and things are changing so quickly. So way back when, maybe 10 years ago, when we used to teach in the pleasure course about masculinity and femininity, we'd be like, okay, you know, these are the masculine qualities. These are the feminine qualities. And everybody was like, yep. No problem. Now it's kind of like controversial. So we recommend seeing where you're drawn. You know, like we often ask, are you, do you feel drawn to bring the flowers or do you feel drawn to receive the flowers? There's like a visceral reaction to what you prefer and just going to where you're naturally drawn. There are people that are not interested in getting the flower. (laughs) I know. Hard hard to imagine. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because when you were saying that, I I thought, like, I really don't know. I thought the opposite. I really don't. (laughs) You know, like, I I do not want, if Alicia brought me flowers, like, I would be uncomfortable. Yes. Well, and, and I think that's such a wonderful example because sometimes we are overthinking things. And I feel like when it comes to sex and connection and our bodies, it's, it's it's easier if we trust our intuition and the flow. And exactly. I, I like that examples that you guys just shared. Exactly. That that's really what it is. It's that there is a way that we're naturally drawn. On average, female, mostly feminine, some masculine, on average, males, mostly masculine, some feminine qualities. Sometimes it's reversed. Sometimes people have an outer masculine body, but an inside different hormone profile. It can go all different kinds of ways. But then there's this conceptual self, this psychological self, this conditioned self, what we call a person's relationship blueprint. And sometimes that conditioned self is conditioned away from what's natural for the person. 
So all that overthinking inside of that conditioned self that can have a gender orientation that's not correct for the person can cause a real problem and a real split. So it's very important not to push people in one direction or another, but to actually release some of that thinking and just feel intuitively, you know, what, what do I really want? What really makes me happy at a very visceral, basic level doesn't make my conditioned self or thought self or my philosophy of what I think I should want happy. Yes. Yes. I think that's so accurate. And I think especially when it comes to checking in with our bodies and with sex, there's a big part of it is embodiment, kind of really tapping into your energy and kind of noticing that what's happening for you. And I've, I've noticed that as we're talking about in the previous episode with the, when you guys shared with me the video of the extended massive orgasm and also in the course that you guys invited me, I could have told, I could totally see that it was easy for for Alicia to tap into that embodiment is that is that the state that you have during the day to tell us more about that during the extended orgasm during extended orgasm definitely seems like you you're you are there but what about during the day is that the kind of like are you are you kind of like have this practice of being in your body Mm -hmm. yes I definitely have a practice of being in my body and it's like a default Even when I might be in a more masculine role, maybe when I'm doing some work or I'm working with our students or whatever it is, I'm in that that role. I'm very connected with my body, feeling my feet, feeling my sex center, feeling my hands as I'm working with people, washing the dishes, going about my day. And the nice thing is that we all have masculine qualities and feminine qualities. So I have them to draw on, even though my my preference is to be in the feminine as much as possible because it's fun. And it's a practice. You know, it really is. You know, I like that we're bringing in the, the whole day. Right. Because it's, you know, what you're doing the other 90 percent of the day is going to impact what it's like in the bedroom. And being in one's body is a practice. You know, yoga is a practice. You know, weightlifting is a practice. You know, we have something we call body practice. There are four practices we recommend people do daily meditation, psychological inquiry, sensual practice and body practice. And body practice is really anything that brings you into your body. It could be weightlifting. It could be yoga, but it could also be walking around barefoot on the floor. It could be using a, you know, one of those tactile mats, you know, Alicia's got one, you know, when she's on the computer, she's got one. And, you know, I look in the door and she's got her foot on that tactile mat. And then her other leg is pulled up. She's in tree pose as she's coaching somebody, you know, so body practice is anything that really brings you into your body. And it's more important nowadays than it ever has been in, in, in the prehistory and history of humankind because technology has gone so fast and brain is so advanced compared to the rest of our organs and embodiment that people are in their heads like they have never been before. So something to drop the center of gravity out of the head back into the heart 
and also into the body. The body really kind of supports the heart. But, uh, you know, it's really, really necessary nowadays to do something that's grounding. I agree. And, you know, what's interesting is that I, I know for the class I attended, you were you were doing the demo the, on the, I would imagine, part of your house if it was in staging. And it was just like element of sensuality with drug and all of those details. So it, it showed that kind of amplified the importance of at least having a right setting, because I feel like our lives are not, uh, for many people, are not set up in a way that they can lean into pleasure like they they don't have those elements in life they're not having pleasure focused vision so tell us more about that well people you know especially nowadays in the pandemic people are very oriented around surviving and prior to the pandemic not to the same degree but people are also very oriented around surviving and you know, there's some good reason for that. But, you know, ultimately, it even helps our survival if we're more relaxed, if we're more pleasured, if we're healthier, if we're more in our bodies. You're a doctor. I mean, you know, medicine is really catching up with people do better in surgery if they're relaxed prior to the surgery. You know, people's hearts function better if they're, uh, you know, if they meditate and, you know, and so on. So making pleasure and embodiment and ultimately spirituality, if you will, regardless of whatever religion it is or non-religion or, you know, whatever we want to call that, you know, I'm from New York, so I call it life, you know, <laughs> just making life important, you know, life more important. It's a kind of a strange thing to say, but making life more important than surviving actually tends to help survival and it really helps life. And most people can afford to take some time each day for their relationship, for those four practices that I talked about. You know, it's it's you know, it's time really for a reprioritization and it'll help us at all levels. But people are people are kind of panicked. I agree with you. And and I love that you're talking about focusing on having a meaningful life in a way that like life that you want to live. So because sometimes people kind of come in and say that we have sexual issues or our relationship is struggling. But when we're zooming out, it seems like they are in survival mode. And when we are in survival mode, then evolutionary wise, that pleasure is not a priority. And it's like we're designing a way that would shut down pleasure when we are in that mode. So I know you guys work with lots and lots of couples doing this. What are some of the mistakes that you see that couples are making that gets in the way of leaving in the pleasure zone when it comes to their relationship? Well, one thing that comes to mind now, so this, the, the one mistake can be the woman or the feminine person not expressing her desires and what she wants, right? Because we have big appetites as women, right? There's a lot of things we want in terms of experiences. And of course, there's things, but also intimacy and romance and sensual experiences. And sometimes our self-doubt can get in the way or, you know, we just don't say it. And there's this one couple that we were working with and they, like she wanted to come. We had this vacation course in Mexico where we practiced extended orgasm every day and we're like out on the beach in the water. And she really wanted to go. And she was like, well, you know, my husband, he wants to convert the garage, you know, into a room. So that's what we're going to be putting our resources towards. And you could just tell that she was talking like she really just didn't want to do that. 
and we're like, her. go tell him, go tell him. And like, just by her, she's like, oh yeah, I should tell him. Right. So really lovingly and straightforwardly, she's like, I really want to do this. Let's just put off the garage for another year. Okay. It's fine. And they ended up coming. And I just remember her being there and like her eyes, we all told her that she looked completely stoned because she was smiling that big smile the entire time, just having gotten what she wants. So it's really a good idea to value what you want as a woman and express that. A big mistake that men tend to make is not understanding that women speak in a different language and it's a much more experiential language. You know, not many women are going to say, hey, I want to have this sexual experience where you do this and this and this to me, (laughs) you know, for for good reason. You know, maybe maybe some reasons, you know, are are less valid and conditioned, but there's a lot of good reasons to not just be totally, you know, explicit about that. But that doesn't mean that she's not communicating that. So one mistake that men make is they don't understand that women are often kind of speaking in a sort of experiential feeling kind of elemental it's more like the tone and the feel and the vibe and the energy, you know, it's very, it's very uh, sort of palpable, if you will. You know, it's not necessarily the kind of abstract language that women can speak equally well as men. It, it's not that language. It's a totally different language. So we have something that we call the female decoder ring. And we recommend that every man get a female decoder, you know, (laughs) to see what she's really asking for, you know, and often, you know, she's asking for things that are, you know, really like outside of the the paradigm of what I would ask for. Like, I don't want anybody to do that stuff to me, but hey, I'll do, (laughs) you know, to really like, you know, get that decoder ring and, and, you know, see, see what does she actually really want by paying attention, you know, because there is a version of that where the guy kind of senses that, but then is sort of like a gorilla, you know, and he's not really paying attention. It's kind of like what's in pornography. Right. And, you know, the, so there's not the actual attention. You have to have the best parts of the gorilla and the best parts of the gentleman. You know, they come together in something that's, I don't know, like James Bond or something. Yes, smooth and strong and sexy. He's got the female decoder. He absolutely does. Yes. I I have a funny story about that. So I'm going to speak graphically, sexually for a couple of minutes. Okay. Okay. So way back when, when I was with a boyfriend prior to Erwan, I I had never given a blowjob before and I was like interested, but also kind of shy about it. And I remember one day I said something to him. I'm like, Oh my, do you like blowjobs? And he was like, I don't know. Do you? And I was like, I don't know. I've never tried it. And it was like, I was not directly saying I would like to try this now, but I was all but saying that. And he was just paying attention to the words and was like, okay, well, we don't know. (laughs) And then it never really went anywhere. And I was left with this desire that I was communicating on, you know, a subtle level never went through. Then with Erwan, okay, fast forward like a year and Erwan and I are hanging out and I'd been experiencing extended orgasm with him and intercourse, all this stuff. 
And then we were just hanging out kind of in the middle of one of our epic long afternoon makeouts and Erwan's like he lived in the inner sunset district of San Francisco, which like usually is super foggy and it was all sunny. And he had this room in the back of the house and was sitting in this picture window on the windowsill. And I was just like, do you like blowjobs? And he was like, I, I do. Do you? And I was like, I don't know. And like, I was being really wishy-washy, but he was so tuned into like, Alicia wants to try this. So he's like, would you like to try it? And I said, okay. And then I tried it and it was really fun. And I did it for like a minute and then I stopped and I'm like, how was it? <laughs> he was like, you are awesome. It was great. And he was so like, he was gentlemanly and he was direct and like took care of me, but was so sexy. And that's the kind of thing we're talking about. I wasn't being completely direct, but he picked up on my signals and responded to them. What a wonderful story because I, I'm at times uh, guilty of being ambiguous, like I, or I think I'm direct, but my husband thinks that, uh, that's like ambiguous. It's funny. Like you have this funny saying and he says, honey, just land the plane, please. <laughs> because I'm talking about around things and not directly. And uh, how wonderful that he had Erwan had this skill. And I would imagine he still continues to have that to read this kind of decode this message. How did you cultivate that skill, Erwan? Really by trusting myself. Like the first gentleman that Alicia was talking about, I'll, I'll leave out his name. I don't even know his name. Yeah. But uh, oh, actually, maybe I do know his name. Yeah. Um, it's like 25 years ago. I know, it was a really long time ago. ago. <laughs> But he didn't trust himself, you know, like Alicia asked him a question and he felt something, but he, he didn't trust himself. So, you know, one of the things I learned actually living in a Zen monastery was that if we're not overthinking things and we're not in our heads and all that, we're really feeling our bodies. And then from there, our energy bodies and from there, our hearts and from there, our minds and from there, our soul and from there, our spirit. If we're really in contact with ourselves at the deepest level, we really can trust ourselves, right? So it's kind of good to go back to the James Bond metaphor. It's kind of like a license to kill. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's if, you know, if you really trust yourself, you have complete license, but it's not a dangerous license. You know, it's really got wisdom. And I am, you know, the, the, the dangerous places that women want to go. <laughs> you know, it's like, you, as a guy, you really need a license to kill just to keep up, so to speak, you know, obviously. <laughs> well, I, I like that. that even I, I like that Alicia told us the entire story, right? Because when, oh, sometimes when we think that people are trying to fake this masculine energy, they might appear disrespectful or aggressive or pushy. But the way that Alicia shared with us is like just you were you picked up the message and you just did a check in with her and then you guys move forward with that. So there was consensual, but also in a way directive or helpful. So I think that's that's definitely a skill. And I would imagine you guys are teaching all of those wonderful things in, in your classes and your offering. And one thing I experienced that I know in the course that I was part of, you guys had this break rooms that you get in the break rooms with other participants. And people were talking about how much they learn and how much they were able to tap into that their energy. Even with being in the Zoom class, we did it in the middle of the pandemic 
like, and you guys did this exercise of like tuning into energy and like you had this hand movement. And I think it was just so powerful. And people in the group really picked up that and they were talking about their experiences in the classes. So it's really your, your teachings are very powerful. So tell us more about the classes you're offering, about the programs you guys are having. I know a few of them are coming up. So I bet our listeners are interested. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes. So we have several ways that people can engage with our teaching. And one is a weekly group coaching class online. It's called Mastery of Relationship. It's like having community and friends and like an online party as you're learning how to have a successful relationship. It's for both singles and couples. It meets weekly. So that's really awesome. We have private coaching, which you can work with me or with Erwan or with both of us, you know, switching off. And we have an extended orgasm class online, which is the class you're referring to that you came to. And that's three hours online, like getting an introduction to this clitoral stroking practice, extended orgasm. And we have the pleasure course. So the pleasure course, the next one's coming up in mid-May, and it's a two-day online class for both singles and couples learning the keys to having a successful relationship. So we address everything from psychologically growing and inquiring and contacting your deepest self and masculine feminine dynamics and stages of relationship and sex and extended orgasm. So that's a a weekend, a two-day class. And all of that is online. The one course that we have that you can do in person right now is an extended orgasm intensive. So that's if you want to learn the clitoral stroking practice at an expert level. It's private. It's with both Erwan and me. And you get to see demonstrations of the practice and practice yourself and get coaching verbally from us. And that can be done on Zoom also, but you can come in person. Yeah. And you need a partner. You need a partner for that that one. one. Yeah. Everything else you don't need a partner for. The one that Alicia started with mastery of relationship is kind of like the home base or where the community really, really hangs out. That's my that's my favorite thing to teach because you really get to know people in a really interesting way, a way that we often don't even know our best friend. You're like this kind of like, you know, romance group. Yes. I love it. I love it too. Well, pretty much the relationship class that we never got. <laughs> it's outside the bedroom, inside the bedroom, all around. So it's wonderful that you guys are offering that. So how can people sign up for those programs? So the best way is, so for those of you who are listening and you're like, that sounds interesting. I'd like to know more about this class or that coaching. And I really want to juice up my relationship life. You can set up a love life consultation with me. And in that consultation, it can be on Zoom or on the phone. And we'll spend some time talking about your specific goals, challenges, desires in your love life. And we'll take a look at which of our programs would be the best fit. And the way to set that up is to text Erwan Dave on teachings. We have a phone number you can text. You can text it now. It's 415-308-9580. Again, 415-308-9580. 
and just say that you want the love life consultation and then we'll schedule it. And then I think you'll also include links in case people want to sign up for our email list or request to talk to me via the link. And um, our website is pleasurecourse.com. Awesome. And I personally attended the extended passive orgasm class. It was wonderful. And I got one of those consults from you afterward that, that you generously offered. And you know what I love that you, you have a background in psychology as well. And this kind of vigorous honesty. I, I feel like you're a girlfriend that I can ask anything <laughs> from. And I would imagine that that's the feeling that your uh, students get as well. Mm, yes. Thank you. That's awesome. I really love, we both love what we do. It's so fun to go so deeply into people's romantic and sex lives and support them. Alicia is so, I mean, you said it, Alicia is so comfortable to be with that even this tender area, it's just, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm living in a love life consultation. Uh, and if, you know, if people know, if people are like super busy and they know they just want to do something, you know, they could jump on Eventbrite and find us and just sign up for something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you also will include the link to the upcoming pleasure course. So what Erwan's saying, if you're like, I know I want to do something, don't have time for a console, you can just sign right up for the course. Awesome. Great. Great. Thank you for coming back. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I will include all the links in the show notes so people know where they can go next. And thank you for your time. Yeah, great to be with you. Thank you. As I mentioned during the interview, I took their extended massive orgasm workshop and I loved it. Initially, the plan was to take it with my husband and my husband was so excited about this skill and it was in the midst of the COVID and the hospital was short staffed, so he had to go in and I ended up retaking it on my own, which which was awesome. It's just inspiring when when you see people are having amazing sexual experiences and they teach the method in the workshop. So overall, I thought it was such a wonderful experience. That's why I partnered with them for this episode. We built this partnership, which is the affiliate partnership. This is the first time ever I'm doing an affiliate partnership. I usually only do sponsorship, but I, I think their method is great. So what it means as far as the affiliate partnership is if you use the link below to register, I will get a small commission. Honestly, I would do it anyway to have them back in the show, but they were graciously offered affiliate partnership. And I said, okay, why not? So if you decided to take their course, please make sure you're using the link before. Also, this week is your last opportunity to enter to win Ian Kerner's new book. Ian's new book called So Tell Me About Last Time You Had Sex. Guys, it's just so good. I think I read it two or three times and I talk about it in my Farsi show. So if you are interested to enter to win a copy of his book, they're giving away five copies for this giveaway. Make sure you're following the steps in the show notes to enter and I hope you'll win and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.